right, we're back with another guest. We're hot on guests these days, but I've heard. Yeah, this, you've heard a lot about. I've this heard guest. a lot. Keith, Keith was like shaking. He's like, I got Molly said she'll come on Seeking Wisdom <laughs> yeah. and come to Drip. Yeah, yeah. And so, so I told Molly, and this is Molly Graham. Uh, hi, Molly. Hi. We'll hi. do the formal. We'll intro do the formal bit, intro. But, but I told yeah. Molly earlier today that. Um, that Keith is the number one president of her fan club for years. He's the only yeah, member. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. Is, yeah. It might be weird to yeah. meet, to actually meet the president of your yeah. fan club yeah, yeah. in person, but so you I, have. In now. my bullets, I have Keith's favorite speaker on the planet. So that's, yeah. very, that's very important. That's, that's, very important. That's that wasn't just me. That's the lead of my bio. Yeah, yeah. That was not just me saying it. That no, is the no. facts. That's facts. true. Okay, so I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'll I'll do the like embarrassing thing usually, which is for people when I run through their bio. But um, so you're Facebook, you're a COO at Quip, uh, and then... And now you're the VP of Ops at Chan Zuckerberg. Was oh, you was okay. left? You're left. Yeah. Okay. So okay. So give me. Give, let's talk. I want to. We have. We have some stuff we're gonna go yeah. through. But and what is Chan? What was Chan Zuckerberg? What What is Chan Zuckerberg? What is Quip? What were these things? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, most people have heard of Facebook, yeah. particularly lately. Yeah. Um. And yeah. So I left Facebook and helped. Um. Uh. The former CTO of Facebook found a company called Quip, which is like. Google Docs, but way more awesome, mm -hmm. um, which was bought by Salesforce in 2016. And then Chan Zuckerberg is a um, philanthropic organization that Mark Zuckerberg and Priscilla Chan, his wife, founded in 2016 um, to basically bring technology to social problems. Mm -hmm. And did you, you go to Salesforce or no? I did not. I left I, one day before the acquisition closed. Oh, that's closed. interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we needed some Salesforce stories. But yeah. you have, can you can you can we talk about what you're doing at Facebook for a little bit? Because I was I was reading and it was interesting because like you had you worked on the mobile team, uh -huh. but you also started to do like employment branding. Can you talk about yes. each of those things? What happened? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, as with a lot of scaling companies, I had uh, about 19 different jobs there, but basically two phases. Um, I actually joined in communication. So I joined in PR and um, and was supposed to like help set up the blog for Facebook. Um, I was in charge of social media for Facebook for what? four seconds. <laughs> um, and then... Um, and that, that's what you were... So you're doing communication at Google. That was your Google, background? Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And um, then this guy named Chris Cox, who was running HR at the time, um, came and said, can you help me? We wrote down these seven values, um, you know, six months ago, and I want to figure out how to help them scale as the company scales. And Facebook was like 500 people at the time. And I was like, I don't know that that's really a job, but it sounds like fun. So I um, went into HR and recruiting and Chris was like, Mark said this thing about making me a head of product and I just need to like make sure he was kidding. <laughs> and then you can come work in HR. And then he was like, no, he wasn't kidding. So Chris went and ran um, product and I started um, basically at the same time as Lori Guller, who's still the head of HR and recruiting today. And we spent two years um, with a lot of wonderful people setting up all of the big HR yeah. and recruiting systems. And did you know Facebook. HR recruiting when you no, went into HR recruiting? not at all. <laughs> but I think, yeah. you know, my DNA, and I like strongly believe people have a natural bias regardless of what job they're in, mm -hmm. um, is people. Like it's always been how people interact and how you help them be effective and work together. And so if anything, I think HR and recruiting was like the most natural fit yeah, for free. me. Yeah. Um, but then Facebook. Yeah to was uh, I um, went out to lunch with a guy named Chamath who was running growth and uh, mobile at the time and said uh, he um, said you know I want you to come work for me and I was like no I'm good I'm going to stay in HR and recruiting and he said well we're going to build a phone 
do you want to come do that? And I was like, that sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. Like, why? <laughs> I was like, why would Facebook build a, a phone? phone? Wow. Um, and, wow. And what, also what? then, second of all, like, why on earth would you want me yeah, to did do he, that? Did he say, did he say what, what you were going to do? Like, what, what the vision was for you to do? Um, to build out the team? He was like, I don't know what we're doing, so can you come help me figure, figure it out? out? Yeah, I like and that. And I was like, I don't know anything about phones or yeah. mobile. Yeah. And I also think this is a bad idea, so why would I do that? But then I just couldn't... I got very deep into the why would we do this and it became you know a project over three years about Facebook's long-term mobile identity so it wasn't you know the the big blue app as we called it um, was doing really well and was on you know most phones in the world and um, so there was a whole team dedicated to just getting that pre-installed on almost every phone in the world and expanding the application but fundamentally there was like a really big strategic problem of we didn't own the platforms mm. so apple and google were the two biggest um, platforms at the time and android was actually still pretty new um when when we were talking about this but facebook had to figure out how to have some sort of leverage if all of their users or most of their users were going to be mobile so one version was to try to build a platform to try to build a, an operating system and a mm -hmm. phone mm -hmm. and then you know um that was a project that was super fascinating we learned a ton it spawned lots of other things like buying instagram buying whatsapp buying oculus um and a really unsuccessful phone yeah <laughs> and those things were spurred because of the phone you think yeah, they were they were spurred because of the, of the things that we learned um yeah, and yeah. and they i mean i want somebody asked me you know once because the phone was you know probably the biggest like quote-unquote failure i've yeah. worked on yeah and i i said i don't i don't really believe in failure if you learn who you are in the process yeah. of and what trying. did you learn i think we learned what we needed to do strategically in Got order it. to have power mm -hmm. in the mobile ecosystem and we just learned the overall dynamics of the mobile ecosystem we learned a lot about things that facebook should not do, do yeah. um, <laughs> and and just really stretched the capabilities of yeah. the company and and you know in the process i think mark and and a lot of other people learned just a ton about the mobile yeah. industry mm -hmm. um but yeah it was it was fascinating before you did the mobile when you were in hr was kind of part of the charter to make hr not hr is that kind of it, sort of the theme? Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, it wasn't ever quite as explicit at that, as yeah. that, but I think that Lori and I both didn't have backgrounds in D HR. Yeah. So and so yeah. everything we did, w we would start with the question of like, why are we what? doing this? Yeah. And yeah. so... That's not normal. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. not normal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't like yeah. just set up performance reviews. It was like, what are these for? And like, yeah. why do you do them? And like, what are we trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And, you know, same with like with, um, with the first employee engagement survey we did, which I didn't even know what it was called at the time, was literally just us being like, we should figure out how things are going yeah. and like yeah. how people are feeling yeah. and then i was like i think we did something at google that was yeah. like a survey, a survey. yeah <laughs> and this was there, anyone have survey this was, monkey? there's yeah, five exactly. 500 people at was when was when, when facebook joined. started to bring in hr as a function or they had hr but um i would say not really like we they had done one or two performance cycles but it was not particularly structured, and I will say it is one of the only times in my life when I have put in place a performance review system, and people have actually been grateful. No way! Yeah. No way! I it need was, to please tell me about this. Give him the playbook. Out. I don't think yeah. it exists. It turns so I need out to that hear. people prefer structure to anarchy when it comes to compensation. Wow! Um, I know it's shocking, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, people were like delighted for a year, basically for like two six month cycles, and then they were like, "We hate this." Yeah. You know? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Now, now I get it. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wow! People, finally, yeah. you've you've uh, discovered." the performance review process that people <laughs> like.
like no 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 like, no, 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 no. Seen no. It. i just discovered that they like it slightly more when there is a process yeah, process. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if it's related and to money if it's related it. to money then it's, yes. it's different well they care a lot about feeling like the system is fair yeah and when there's no system it's definitely not fair and yeah. so uh that was i think that was what people were grateful what for, was, was the like knowing you had a so interesting like the thing you worked on was employment branding mm-hmm. is that a can you was that a common thing at that at the time or like were more companies starting to invest so, in this and what is that? Yeah, good question. So I one of my really early conclusions at actually both Google and Facebook was that you you needed to define your job in a way that would help it last through lots of iterations. So I actually I use culture and employment branding when I explain to people what I did, but the way that I thought about it was actually two questions. Um, I like questions as a way to to define jobs because I think no matter how much the world moves like around that. you in scaling companies, like the question still needs to be answered. Mm-hmm. So my two questions at Facebook were at, in HR were. Um, how do we help the world outside um, know what it's like to work at Facebook, which is essentially what employment branding is. Um, but, and this was just to be clear at the time we were like deeply unwilling to use the word hacker. Um, so we were like, we can't use that word. It has mm-hmm. too many negative connotations. Like we are, need to, we're like entrepreneurial and yeah. we like learn fast. <laughs> and like, I wrote a bunch of really boring shit that, yeah. that uh, <laughs> makes me go to sleep when I read it now. Um, <laughs> and then the second question was, who do we want to be when we grow up? Which mm-hmm. is a question that Mark actually gave me during one of our conversations. So, So that was the internal kind of culture side. Um, But employment branding, Lori Goller, her background at eBay was marketing. So she was very focused on like, how are we going to market Facebook as a place to work? And at the time we were, and still are, but like heavily competitive with Google, but just, you know, nobody thought Facebook was going to, it's hard to remember now. Nobody thought Facebook was going to be anything. Like they were like, why aren't you just going to like sell to Microsoft? And like, cause they they had just done that big deal. And like they had, you know, all these rumors, um, they had just had a big like advertising fiasco called Beacon. Mm -hmm. And so people just thought it was going to so we were having trouble recruiting candidates and, right. and there was like a big effort to just kind of help people tell the story why. about why, yeah, why, why come why, here? What are you going to get out of it? Exactly. What do you want to be? I think it's funny. It's always funny to hear those stories of like, um, cause everyone forgets of, like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no yeah. one ever thought it was going to be anything. Oh yeah. yeah. No. And I think that's actually often when I talk to scaling companies, one of my biggest points, which is like, it looks really well put together yeah. today, but my entire experience at Facebook and I think almost everyone that was there, you know, for the year, well, just generally would say like it never felt like yeah. it was going to, it yeah. was like obvious that it was going to like be this <laughs> really successful thing. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I think, what, yeah. What about, that's, that's probably a good transition into Quip. Cause what about Quip? Like, did you feel, so you, you started before launch. So yes. you went there pre-launch. Yes. Obviously, if you look at the founding team, right? Former CTO of Facebook on paper, you would say, this company is going to be wildly successful, and <laughs> of course they'll sell for seven hundred fifty million dollars to Salesforce in three years. I'm assuming that's not that's not how it actually went, though. Mm-hmm. Like, so what? No. What were the were the moment? Were there moments there where you're going and you're like, we don't we don't have anything? Yeah, a hundred percent, whole time. Yeah, yeah, um, the whole time. The whole time <laughs> until Benioff yeah. was like, we'll take you. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, yes, but I think so. I left Facebook, and I I told folks at the time that I wanted to learn what it took to build something from nothing. And both my sister and my brother-in-law had founded companies and they were both like, why? They were like, it's so hard. Like it's the worst. And, and I was like, no, 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 it's going to be great. And then I went and found uh, obviously what I got given really good advice, which was um, from Matt Kohler, who's one of the general partners at Benchmark. And he said, 
um, you know, the startup world divides itself into basically pre-traction companies and post-traction companies. Post-traction is everyone you've heard of and, and they're all going to be successful. It's just a question of how successful. Um, so, you know, at the time it was like Airbnb, Twitter, whatever. And, and he was like, pre-traction companies are all the companies that are fighting to exist. Mm. And he was like, if you are going to go to a pre-traction company, the only thing that matters is the team. He literally, and most people give you two things. He was like, team, period. Period, and, that's it. And, and so, you know, I found what is sort of... Um, probably one of the most talented teams uh, at the time in, in Silicon Valley founding a company. Um, and we launched and, you know, because of Brett's background, we got, um, you know, a lot of coverage and, yep. you know, all of our friends were like, this is so amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, right after launch, it was like, yeah, you know, there, there, it was like now this what? moment of silence and yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, and like, that, where are all the users? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I, you know, had come from Facebook where, we definitely had a period of time where you would be on a plane and be like, I work at Facebook and people would be like, what's that? Mm -hmm. But for the last couple of years, it was like, I work face face. So again, people would immediately be like, here's the 17 things I don't like about the site or like I met my husband or whatever. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and then it was like, I work, you'd go to cocktail parties to be like, I work at Quip and people would be like, what's that? And you'd be like, Oh, we're, like Google Docs, but way more awesome. And you watch people like yeah. fall asleep, and you know, like, and like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I went out to dinner with a friend of mine who had done startup after startup, someone mm -hmm. like you, David, and, um, <laughs> both of you, I guess. And, um, he, and I was like, you know, honestly, I've just been feeling kind of like depressed. Like I've been feeling kind of like bummed out and yeah. like, just like nothing. How are we ever going to make they this were like, thing That's work? Normal. Yeah. He was like, welcome to startups. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah. yeah. This yeah. is normal. This is I was like, this isn't, doesn't yeah. mean the world's ending. Tell her and about, tell her about not normal. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, I mean, it's uh, you know, I was, uh, I love how you, uh, your uh, family told you about like how crazy yeah. this is because you try to have that conversation with people and uh, they never get it and that's why I always think like look I look at it like as if you find if you start or join an early stage company once okay that's excusable you know you, you just like uh, that's okay if you do it twice highly questionable right <laughs> and then if you do it like uh, including myself over and over then there's a problem like there's some <laughs> totally. kind of problem there's something <laughs> wrong with this person because as you were in that phase of going through that empty phase of just like what is happening yeah what's going on identity crisis every yeah. day and it's just like i say like the stage that we're at now at drift where we're starting that scale phase this is e this is fun this is easy I and there everyone everyone who comes in now wants to talk about that early phase yeah. i'm like no that's not fun yeah it's not fun i i kind of uh my visual is like it's like you walking through the desert and every day you can you there's no landmark so yeah. you don't know if you walk deeper in the desert oh or you're on God. your way out totally right? yeah you totally so i um uh you guys know this but i published this article with first round about legos and mm -hmm. it basically is all the lessons i've learned about scaling mm -hmm. and why yeah. it's hard Keith it was has actually under, under his pillow yeah. Yeah. <laughs> under he, he was yeah. like hey are you talking to molly day take this uh, <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> so I'm surprised there's not notes yeah. scribbled, scribbled yeah, on. Yeah. But I, um, so I, after that article came out, it was sort of this like I got a lot of very positive responses to it. Some of which were, you know, really made sense to me, like people from Pinterest or Slack, or I was, and I was like, yeah, I wrote this for you. And then I got a bunch of people at 
four person companies that had gone to eight people mm. and they were like your article really resonated with me yeah. and yeah. i got some from emails from like people at safeway that had been like their department expanded by like three people and they were like your article like really resonated wow. with me and i was like there's something really interesting about the universality of just telling people that like the emotions they're feeling are is it's normal okay. yeah. but one of the things so i when i go i go around now and i do these scaling talks legos talks as i call them um at scaling companies and i have a little picture yeah. that I think perfectly depicts what it feels like to be in. It's a little Lego guy standing in front of a cliff, with it and it's just black. <laughs> this is where this is where right now, if you really want to take this video next level, you would you would put this in right here as she's yeah, describing yeah, yeah. this. But yeah, 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 and he's just like looking over the cliff. Yeah, that's, that's what to it feels me, like. What a little baby well, startup. I think yeah, we, every, day, <laughs> every day, every day, every day. That article yeah. first got it's shared. Dark. That article yeah. first got shared when Drift was probably like. When we started, ten people. Oh yeah, yeah. Or less. Yeah. Or less, less than yeah, that. We started it, and by the way, uh, Molly, everyone here can uh, the, <laughs> the the old crew can thank or not thank Molly for the compensation <laughs> bands because they were based on Molly's Love compensation it. bands. So uh, her email address is Mo- no. Molly, yeah, just it was good. It added a lot of clarity. Hates their problems with their compensation. Yeah. Oh yeah, that no longer <laughs> exists. But in the early days, we used it. I mean, we used that article a lot. That's I great. sent that article in the beginning to uh, Keith, and yeah. that is that is started the obsession with Molly Graham. <laughs> with Molly. Yeah. 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 Well, no, because I think the I, the there's, there's an interesting yeah. piece of that, which I think is we have never used amount of dollars raised as a proxy for how much you should be making. Yeah. Right. And so it's always been grounded in, it's always been grounded in revenue. And Molly. And Molly. And Molly. So thank <laughs> you for that. Yeah. Okay. So Thrilled. look, we could talk, I want to dive but into. I want to talk about okay. this thing, which yeah. is not the Legos talk, but it probably comes from. Yes, the Legos it is thing. In a lot when, of ways, when did you yeah. when did you write this? When did you write the article? Was that after Quip or was it? No, no during. it was during? in the middle. Okay. Yeah, and I wrote it. I gave a talk to managers, a bunch of managers at an engineering conference, and they were like, "We want you to talk about what it's what managers should know about helping scale teams." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I don't know anything about." that or I was like I don't know what and then I realized that there was this thing that I always used to say to my team which was about giving away your Legos Um, and it had become this very um, I just watched so many people go through so many scaling experiences where, you know, they'd be really excited to hire someone. And then the next day they would they would have this moment of just like, oh, shit, like, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and then they'd be like, wait, is that person going to be like better at what I was just doing than I? Yeah. Am, and then they would have a sort of like massive identity crisis. And then if you were a good manager, you learned to like give them a big new job that was really exciting and shiny. And then they would sort of forget about this thing that they were doing before. But it became this very consistent process for me as both an I, an individual contributor and a manager to just recognize those emotions. And I actually did a talk just about what that literally mm-hmm. feels like and how to help people through it. Yeah. And I got this like wave of response. And so then we wrote the article. All right. So, funny so we, it's funny uh, because that process uh, you always see people go through it, right? Yeah. It's just like, and I think there's a difference. Is uh, there's a difference in a kind of slow growth company where uh, that can become a real issue of yes. like, what am I going to do, right? Because there are not opportunities, and then there are companies like you've been a part of where it's like. Who cares? There's endless opportunities. Right. Like there's a million things to do. Please yes. just give that away. We got the I next agree. thing to go. It's yeah. actually sometimes when I go to the companies that aren't doubling every yeah. like six to twelve months, I have these moments of you know I'm giving people advice about like get good at giving your job away, and yeah. I'm like I think this is good advice for you. But yeah. There's a chance. There's no, well, even, <laughs> even, even there's no if, other job. Here. All you have to do is just tell. <laughs> yeah. All you have to do is tell somebody your story, which is like, do you think that any at any other company? 
uh, a Chamath would have sat down with you and be like, we're going to launch a phone and we want you to help yeah. on the team. Like yes. that stuff happens. If yes. you're if you're part of a fast growing company, yes. you're going to be able to grow faster. Exactly. There's more opportunities are going to come. Okay. Yeah. So we've talked about a, a couple of these things, but I'm going to pick up. So we'll, we'll what link. is that and where did it come from? Oh yeah. We'll link to this in the, in the show notes. So well, don't, this don't, is, don't yeah. crash right now. Trying to, trying to take notes right now, but I like it. Yeah. yeah. So I, um, once the Legos article came out, I got asked to go to lots of scaling companies and small startups and just give a talk based on the article. And over the last three years, I've probably given 20 or maybe a little more of the talk. And this is sort of the most condensed version, which is sort of like nine things I wish someone had told me. I actually think eventually it's going to be 13, but I really like Lucky odd, odd numbers. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it, you know, it was just sort of like nine things I wish someone had told me when I started out scaling that would have helped me realize how normal yeah. um, some of these experiences are and to your point, how to take advantage mm. of it. Okay, so number yeah. one is building companies is really fucking hard. I think we covered that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's the number Lego two is your, that one, your, first, your first reaction is usually wrong. Yeah, so this is my sort of coaching advice to people's, how people respond to the emotions that they have. So point one is sort of like, it is very emotional mm -hmm. and that is normal. And mm -hmm. so just like normalize it for people. But then there's like, what do you do about the emotions? And my biggest sort of golden rule is that your first reaction to whatever is happening around you is almost always wrong. Meaning not that it's not the right emotion to have, but it's wrong to act on it. So if you wake up mm. one day and you just hired someone onto your team or your manager hired someone onto your team and you're feeling really territorial and threatened and like that person's going to take all the fun Legos and like you're, you know, you're going to be left with nothing or whatever. Um, th today is the wrong day. That is the wrong day <laughs> to like do something. Somebody He's always it. told me every time we interview Sleep somebody, I'll try yeah. to text yeah. him. I'll try to text him my feedback. He's like, no, no, I don't want it. Yeah. He yeah. goes, tomorrow. text me Sleep tomorrow morning. Yeah. So my mm -hmm. version of sleep on it is mm -hmm. give it two weeks. Mm -hmm. So nice. I actually learned that any, or at least for me, the rule has been any emotion that lasts two weeks yeah. legitimately mm -hmm. is something you should do something about. But even if, cause you can, you can feel territorial on a Monday and still feel territorial on yeah. Tuesday, mm -hmm. but by Friday, yeah. usually like you are not feeling territorial Terri anymore. Yeah, yeah. And definitely by the following Friday, like two you're weeks. not, like um, two weeks has mm -hmm. been like a really good period of time to just say to people, like if you are still feeling territorial or just upset and insecure, in two weeks, then go talk yeah, to your manager yeah. about it and try to like figure out how to problem solve. Through I like it. that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. I'm gonna steal it. Mm. Yeah. You need like a, two yeah. weeks is long for you. Too long. For <laughs> uh, one. No, no, you, too one long week. for me, but giving <laughs> <it> <laughs> okay. exactly. Okay. 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 All right. Uh, <laughs> so number Excellent. three. Number three is your only job. I love this one. Your only job is to learn as fast as you can. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and I know you guys, this is literally the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the point of your podcast, I think. Totally. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> so many of these things are uh, not as eloquent as this, but we have internal versions, not all of them, of these things, yeah. which was only more fodder for Keith to come running and be like, see, <laughs> see <laughs> yeah. Molly's with us. Yeah. Molly's no, but with the, us. Yeah. the yeah. thing that the I thing am. that um, that DC would talk about or, or, or still does and as, as a company is like on this, your only job is to learn. We try to have this mentality of like defaulting to being wrong because of that. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we don't know anything. So that's yeah. why we move fast. That's yeah. why we ship it right now. Yeah. versus waiting because we don't know. Yes. So and very uh, Facebook philosophy. I always say that the better version of move fast and break things, that, which was Facebook's sort of informal model for a long time is fail fast. Mm -hmm. um, 
So the the point that I make about, you know, your only job is to learn as fast as you can, I actually often tell people at scaling companies to look at the graph that the company uses to explain progress in the business. And it's different in every company. So, yeah. you know, for you guys, it's customers and, um, and that graph, you know, has a slope to it. And mm. if you look at Facebook's, when I was there, it was like extremely steep. Like I think this? I joined. Yeah, yeah. I should basically, you're falling off it. So yeah. I joined when it was... Um, 80 million users and I left and it was 1.5 billion. <laughs> and so, and this is like over four and a half years. So um, that slope is like crazy. crazy. Yeah. And I say that is both the graph of the change inside, you know, the change inside the business, but it's actually also the rate of change inside the company. Mm -hmm. So what that means is you could literally be the highest performer at Facebook when I got there. And if you did not evolve, yeah. Like if you did not change daily, because yeah. basically inside that company was like daily, you would be underwater yeah. mm -hmm. in you, six months. You talk about this a lot. Yeah, and what people miss version. is it's not yeah. necessarily a knock. It's not a knock on you yeah. as a person. The company no. might just go faster. Yeah. Yes. So, so the way that I've talked about it is uh, really like when coaching someone on uh, the way that they want to grow, right? Say you want to grow. And I, and I say like, look, there's the, your rate of growth, right? That looks like this. And then there's the thing that you forget, which is the rate of growth of the company. And so a couple of things can happen. One could be like, you grow faster than the company. Yeah. And then you might end up in a, in a point where like, it might not be the right place for you. You have to seek a new opportunity. You can uh, magically grow at the, try to grow at the same rate of the company, but that almost never happens. But you really have to be targeting growing faster than the company to have those big growth opportunities opportunities yeah. in, in terms of responsibility exactly. you have to be ahead of the growth curve of the company Precisely. right which depending on the company if it's Facebook it's like wow that's a, that's a pretty hard job good luck right? yeah. good luck good luck <laughs> that might not happen yeah, yeah exactly no but I but it's exactly right and that is how you mm -hmm. get the opportunities mm -hmm. that no one should reasonably give to you I think yeah. is if you are willing to take these enormous leaps and just yeah. be unafraid of what you don't know yeah. and yeah. willing to learn so and possibly wrong. and maybe look like a moron yeah speaking yes, of being willing right. is looking yeah. important uh I think that's part of it. Okay, we'll skip that. So number four is you can learn anything if you're willing to sound like a complete moron. So take big take big risks because you're going to look like a complete moron. Yeah. Uh, fifth one, be skeptical of words with more than one sy syllable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That one's a good one for That's a great one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. So yeah, those two to me go together, which is you. one of the things you learn if you routinely do things that you know nothing about is you start out thinking that everyone's an expert and everyone knows the answer and you don't. And then you end up learning that like, kind of no mm. one knows what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. can, I, can I tell you a story about that? For yeah, yeah, yeah. He pulled the ultimate inception move on me like two summers ago. Uh -uh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. He sent me to this. So we talk a lot about role models. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, which is like, you know, spend more time with people you want to be like, learn from. So he sent me to this dinner and I thought it was role models dinner. But then like midway through, I texted him. I'm like, none of these people know anything. And he's like, exactly. He's like, <laughs> yeah. new level unlocked. It was anti-role like, models. It was anti-role models. It was reverse yes. role models. And that was the most liberate. That was a really liberating thing for me. Because yeah. if you have imposter syndrome, which is normal, yes. then you get around people who you think are at a different level. And you're like, actually, we're not that far off. Like yes. that was a really, that yes. was a really a big learning yeah, experience. Because yeah. yeah. these guys were so far, uh, these people in this meeting were so far ahead yeah. in terms of their tenure of their career. And so he was like yeah. the little kid going in with a suit and just yeah. like yeah. listening. And then he was like, wait a second. Yeah. I don't know anything more couldn't, than I do. Couldn't agree more. And yeah. I think, so the be careful of words with more than one syllable has two different things for me. One is being comfortable with the fact that, um, actually a lot of people don't actually know what they're talking about and what they will do is use really big words or acronyms yeah and very few people in the world have the kind of 
whatever confidence or something to just be like, I don't know. What, what does that mean? I don't know yeah. what you mean by that. Yeah, yeah. I learned it from Chris Cox, who was running HR and had never run HR. Mm-hmm. And he was like, people would come in and try to give us advice at Facebook about like, here's how you run HR. And like, here's, you know, words, acronyms, organizational development, whatever. Yeah. And he would just look at them with these like big eyes and just be like, I have no idea what you're talking about, which was so awesome because like yeah. he amazing. was the head of HR. It's amazing. And it's, it's like, freeing. it is. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, anyone that's worked with me will tell you that I like frequently stop meetings and say, what do you mean by that? Because yeah. the other thing I learned was like for example the performance management thing we were talking about where it was like oh everyone would just be like oh you walk in and you set up a performance management system but one of the really interesting things that happened to Lori and I when we were like what is performance management is we figured out nobody had the same answer yeah and I happened again when I was trying to create a management philosophy at Facebook where I was like what's a manager Mm -hmm. and it was like this deep like philosophical so I came up with this concept of what I call black hole words which are basically words where everyone in the meeting can use them and every you have a whole meeting about them and you all agree like for example we need to hire a CMO yeah and it's like okay we need to go hire a CMO what are we gonna do here's what we're gonna do and you walk out the door and nobody has asked what do you mean by a CMO yeah and you actually literally nobody agreed on anything (laughs) so black hole words to me are things and marketing is one of them by the way yeah 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 um, that can suck all the kind of progress and understanding out of the room because nobody thought to be like what do we mean by that word that theoretically everyone knows what it means yeah it's funny i felt i've uh spent my like half my career uh pretending to know some big words and then the other half now like being liberated by like knowing i was at a dinner of a uh, company i'm bored of and uh it was like some insane hipster like place like where where I was looking at the menu and I was like, I don't know one word in this menu. <laughs> and this menu is in English. Like, I don't know what these words are. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And so I stopped the waiter and I'm like, what is this word meaning? That word and this word. Yeah. And the CEO of this company was like, you ask what they, the words mean? Like, yeah. wow, I've never seen someone ask that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know what any of these yeah. means. Meanwhile, like, that part of my life is over. Yes, right? That part of my everybody life is over. You were, you were like, yeah, they were just like, like, they were like yeah. okay, Thank I'll you. have that. Right, and, <laughs> and that's what happened. So yeah. that's the two things that I've learned are, number one, if you say, sorry mm-hmm. if this is a dumb question, but everyone will try to make you feel better. Yes. So they'll be like, no, 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 it's not a dumb question. And everybody else has the same, same question. question. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, right. Okay. Self Six is self-awareness is invaluable. It can trump almost everything else. Man, we talk about this one a lot. Yeah. So um, how this, do you, how, let me ask you a question yeah, about it. Yeah. How do you interview, how do you scan for yes. self-awareness? It's a good question. Um, I, I need a uh, secret. Somebody just asked me that yeah, last yeah. week. Yeah. Um, so I have a way of interviewing that works for me and I, I don't like to pretend like there is a recipe for interviewing. Good answer. Um, I think you have to find the one that's right for you. Mm-hmm. What I do is I ask people to tell me their story and then I listen really hard to how they talk about themselves and I ask a lot of questions mm-hmm. and I try to learn. Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mar and I describe it as like a, you know, psychological yes, test, right? Exactly. Yeah. I like, learned it. This from guy the, is asking me nothing about this actual yeah. thing. Yes. <laughs> the, I learned it from the best technical recruiter I've ever seen because he did it to me mm-hmm. actually not as an interview, but just as like, trying to get to know me and I was like like up I yeah. was like cr- curled up against a wall by the time he was done but he really knew who I was like he totally. had figured out what motivated me mm-hmm. and like I think that's what I try to do in interviews and in the process if people describe themselves you know you can you can figure out who's self-aware and yes. not like really people quickly, that yeah. Re- yeah exactly yeah. readily describe you have their a simple you have simple tests yeah well I have a, a bunch of them but uh, one of them that I'm listening for is the I we I yeah. we how many times is that happening yes. especially people who are more who have managed people, like how often are they saying I versus we? How often do they take credit for things? And I've had just extreme examples of it where sometimes some people will never say we. Yeah. Never say we. Totally. And I I like people that 
are open and almost like make fun of themselves mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. the things they've done wrong yep. um, and are open about the things that they're working on. Um, you just get people like that and then you're like, great, you'll be great at scaling because so one of the things um, Cheryl did a talk, Cheryl Sandberg did a talk at Airbnb and they asked her, what is the number one attribute that you look for in people yeah. that are good at scaling? And she said, people that ask for feedback, mm. which I think is principally the same point. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's people that are looking to learn and mm-hmm. assume that they don't know and yep. might be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And there's all kinds of, uh, there's a whole spectrum of like, there are people who can admit failure. There are people who can ask for feedback. Then there are people who can ask for feedback and actually hear the feedback and actually Grow take that. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like the coachability part of it. And there's yeah. just like a whole spectrum. It's a, it's amazing. Yes. Uh, to learn over time. And then they're the people that already gave themselves the feedback before you even yes. get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And yeah. the hardest on themselves. Yes. And your feedback will never match their own feedback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on All right. Seventh, seventh one is uh, the imposter syndrome is real. Don't let it eat you alive. Yes, which you mentioned. We kind of talked about this, yeah. but yeah. I have this really wonderful pie chart that I love that basically it's a complete pie. So there's nothing in the chart other than said like in the title of it is like, who has the imposter syndrome? And it says the pie is like every single person that you think is extremely competent and knows what they're doing. And it's <laughs> That's like, awesome. Yeah, it's That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, because it's true. I mean, I think it's basically my fundamental principle is that every single person, particularly inside of scaling companies, thinks mm-hmm. that they no one, they have no idea why anyone gave them the, the job, job that they're yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they think that there's a, at least 100 people that are more qualified for them. Yeah. And they think everyone knows. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, so I always tell people, like, number one, if that's how you're feeling, number one, assume everyone else is feeling the same way. Yeah. So when people are acting weird, assume that they just need a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number two is, like, get over it. Like, go back to work, you yeah, know, and, and um, realize that, like, you're probably the right person for the job as long as you have the attitude i mean especially if you're talking about at a at this is all in the context of a scaling company right like you probably got there because things just happened so fast yeah and there wasn't a reason right like or there's a reason there was a reason but it wasn't because you did you check this box and you check this but like you're you're growing as fast as the company's growing yeah and i think with scaling companies a lot of times context and a learning attitude, a growth mindset can overpower any Anything. experience, yeah. you know, yeah. that you've had. And mm-hmm. and what is right for Drift is actually different than what's right for mm-hmm. Atlassian or, or HubSpot or any of these other guys. So knowing the company and knowing that context is potentially more valuable. Yeah. yeah. And experience so often becomes, you know, I have a new thing now that I, for myself, you know, to continue to learn, which is like every time I catch myself thinking about like, or, or saying, well, in my experience, or like this is the way it happened. Like I'm, I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in, uh, I'm getting ready for pain because yeah. it means that I'm closing myself off to like, you know, uh, to actually learning something right now. Yeah. So I'm gonna learn the hard way that, yeah. uh, you know, that I'm going down this road. Yes, I, yeah, and I think um, the best choices I've made anyway mm-hmm. um, have always been ones where there was an enormous amount of pain yeah. in um, in the process and a huge amount of insecurity yeah. and a lot of just like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And, yeah, you can say um, it. Yeah. And, um, and then you, there's a moment of brightness. Like you come out the mm-hmm. other side and you're like, oh, I like actually know some things yeah. now and I like learned some stuff. And yeah. yeah. We talk about it a lot. We just, we say like, you know, comfort is the enemy of growth. If you're yes. too comfortable, then you're probably yeah. not growing. Mm-hmm. I call it the um, base jumping theory of careers. Base jumping. Just nice. jump. You just, just jump. jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, does this wingsuit work? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just go and hope it yeah. works. All right. Yeah. Eighth like one that. is uh, collect people who can teach you and ones who keep you sane. Yes. Um, yeah. So um, in I 
really strongly believe now based on a decent amount of experience that every scaling company is inherently a relationship based mm -hmm. company. Like no matter what the org structure looks like or how yeah. good the leaders are, like it just changes too fast. So what ends up mattering is how well you know the people you work with. Um, and I think like I sort of have, this is like my like brief rundown of like quote unquote networking advice, but I both believe like all that matters is like getting to know the people you work with at a deep level. So I used to just at Facebook, if I met someone interesting in a meeting, I would be like, Hey, do you want to have lunch? So I would say lunch and coffee are like extremely powerful work tools, make time for them. Um, I say, and somebody just posted this on LinkedIn, which is, um, it's everything is actually a barter system. Mm -hmm. So like do things for people and be a good person yeah. and it will pay you back out. It, my whole philosophy of, all of this stuff is just like, it's good to have people owe you. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, and yeah. then um, the other thing that, that I tell people whenever they're thinking about leaving companies is the only thing you will take with you is the relationships yep. and the people that you met there. Um, yeah. And so take care of those. Mm -hmm. um, and in when I'm doing this in Silicon Valley, I always say the valley is tiny and life is long, so don't be a dick. Yeah, it's yeah, just like, I like that. That's good. Because like, like I was at Google in 2007 and the communications department, you know, we grew a ton and every single person from that department has left and basically now is running a communications department in one of the fast growing companies. It's crazy. And so, you know, I, again, I haven't stayed in touch with lots of them, but like, will everybody will always do things for each other. Oh, yeah, you, you know? will always see them again. I always say like, yeah. I would, I would, my only version of yours would be like the world is tiny. Like yes. it doesn't matter if someone moves to London, New York, this, that, whatever, halfway yeah. around the world. Like if you stay in this world, in this thing long enough, you will see them again somehow. 100%. And we run into people all the time. And it's yeah. like, and I try to like pass that on to people who are younger kind yes. of in their career because like they're valuing the other things outside the relationships. And it's like, it's actually the relationship, not the company or the that will take thing places. that will take totally. places. And the other thing I always say is you never know who someone will become. Mm -hmm. So I feel like a lot of mm. times when you see people in, in startups, they optimize for the power hierarchy as it exists today. Yeah. And my roles are number one, the admins are always the most important people at the company. Number yeah. two, the person that's the intern is probably going to end up running the place. So mm -hmm. like, and, and then three that amplifies over time. Yep. Right. So like yep. the, intern at you know i think it was literally an intern at google that founded pinterest anyway you know so it's just yeah. you watch these these folks travel around and end up founding and building and running things that you would never have imagined when yep. you first met them so again like l the world is tiny tiny and yeah, life yeah. is long life so is don't long. be don't go around being a jerk to everyone all right don't be a jerk last one number nine let's see <laughs> what is do you it? know what off the top of your head this no. is the opportunity <laughs> of a lifetime. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I've given this talk enough time. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, and this is very much to your point, which yeah. is just like uh, whenever I'm talking to people inside of scaling companies, I say it's really important to understand that you have the opportunity to get jobs that no one would reasonably give you based on your resume. Like there is no one in the world other than Shamath, really, that would have said, Molly, will you come help build a phone? Or Brett, who said, hey, will you come help me build a SaaS company? And I was like, I don't even know what SaaS stands yeah. for. Um, <laughs> or Mark and Priscilla, who were like, yeah, come yeah. help us found this philanthropy. And I was like, I've never done philanthropy before. <laughs> what does that, that mean? That sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What do we mean by philanthropy? Um, and so, uh, you know, I, I always, like, people that don't know you always try to offer you the job you just had. People that do know you offer you these opportunities of yep. a lifetime. And you only get them, in my opinion, really inside of scaling companies it's the best career decision anyone can make in their 20s really ever um which is 
you have to be realize that you get to be part of this story. You get to be part of like, Oh, I was adrift when we were 10 people. And like, we were sitting on cardboard boxes and then, <laughs> you know, nobody ever thought we were going to do anything and we pivoted three times or whatever. And, and then, you know, all, all of a sudden, like we figured something out and then we started to scale. And then all of a sudden we doubled every N months and you get mm -hmm. to tell that story. At some point you get to be in front of the room telling wise stories about all the pain and <laughs> agony that you went through and making yeah. it sound like yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Remember that Amy. I'm going to do a version of this talk. 36 things I learned. I wish so. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. This is awesome. Molly, thank, thank you so you much so for much doing this, Molly. Send us My out. Pleasure. Send us out. Yeah. Here, so if you enjoyed Molly, and maybe Molly has some friends at Apple because we have a problem. We do we have We tell problem. all of our <laughs> listeners to leave us six-star ratings. Oh, Six stars it. only. Yep. Yeah, the problem is uh, Apple only allows five stars. Yeah, it's a real So problem. what everyone does is uh, put five-star ratings, shout it out to Molly yeah. in the comments, yeah. and then they leave six stars in the comments. Love it. Right. That's our hack. <laughs> That's our hack so to get So shout away. out Molly G. Yeah. She is on Twitter at Molly underscore G. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout her out. Shout her out. Six stars. Six stars only. That's it. And uh, is, there, is there a book coming? Is there? <laughs> no. No, no, no. No, no. Okay. I don't think so, but. Okay. Uh, Exclusive. We'll see. You never we'll know see. what the other, the other four. We called it. I called it. Yeah. I called it in case you read the book. All right. Yeah. <laughs> or a movie. Netflix Molly in DC, thank you for letting me sit here. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank you, Molly. Thank you, guys.